Hi, this is Nathan. Welcome to the Wadfam Chalkpod. Hi, this is Andrew Acebo. I can't think of anything I'd rather do than hang around with you for a time of humor and analysis. Then again, getting a fresh block of Gouda cheese is exciting to me. Anyway, welcome back to the Wadfam Chalkpod. I almost stopped and got you a peanut butter long john on the way here. You, the things, things you don't tell a man. I, I was so close, but I didn't want to be late. Next time be late. <laughs> Alright. Hello and welcome to the Wadfam Chalkpod. I'm Dylan Weaver. And I'm Andrew Sabo. I'm also mildly congested, so if you hear that in my voice, you're welcome, guys. If you don't, wow. Yeah, how? I mean, I thought my ears were bad. (laughs) (laughs) That hurts a little bit, Andrew. No, no, my ears are terrible. They are truly awful. I am very concerned for uh, how I will age. (laughs) I think I'm going to need hearing aids by like 45. Yeah. You know, they're getting better all the time. They are, and they're available without a prescription now, so thanks, yeah, that's Biden. That's very true. Um, we, are, we are here to talk about episode 275, Second Thoughts, um, <laughs> which is what I am having about recording an episode with Andrew. Because <laughs> he can't hear me. <laughs> He's just yelling so loud. Yeah, you know, we've, we've made it this, this long. This is the first time I'm having <laughs> Second, second Thoughts. thoughts. <laughs> was it any of the times when Andrew was just sobbing before pressing record or any problems? I don't uh, think we quite got to that level. No. I don't think tears have ever been shed during our recording window, Andrew. Not during a record, but I've definitely been very upset about things not related to this podcast right before recording. <laughs> sure, sure. But to the extent of tears? Yeah, I think okay. so. Didn't yeah, you? Maybe. We've, we've maybe. shared some tender moments. Yeah. Oh, I'm not saying we haven't shared tender moments, Andrew. No, that's fair. I mean, Valentine's Day was last week. Oh, it was. Mm. What did you do for Valentine's Day, Dylan? What did I do for Valentine's Day? Oh, I, uh, I watched television with a friend. That sounds delightful. I mean, I watched television with my significant other so you know right this was not a this was a very platonic friend yeah no i think that that's probably better because with romantic relationships there's so much pressure for valentine's day it's ridiculous and i i will say this isn't the valentine's day episode but the expectation that the dude just figures it out all right all the time without the girl knowing bad it's a bad stereotype it's a bad standard we need to change it see and this is this is something i genuinely didn't know as someone who has never been in a relationship over valentine's day (laughs) actually that's not even true i was my only relationship ever did happen over valentine's day and i i did nothing maybe that's why it ended Oh, man. Well, I mean, if we know anything, it's that uh, high school Dylan was hesitant to shoot his shot. So yeah. I, can't, I can't blame you for... Uh, Whereas adult Dylan, so much more eager. Brazen. I mean, he'd, he'd be going to parties where he knows nobody. <laughs> I mean, there's always one person I know. No, no. It was just stranger. He just walked in. And then... <laughs> oh, it was a real Seinfeld situation. Uh, 
Anyway, uh, <laughs> this this episode is not at all Valentine's Day related. It uh, it first aired July thirtieth of nineteen ninety four. Glorious. It is written and directed by Marshall Younger. No, it is not. It is written by Marshall Younger, but it is directed by Paul McCusker. Oh, damn it. Hey, I appreciate you trying. I tried. For once, Andrew. I tried. You know, it's it's lovely to see you I think come out we... here and, and try and steal my show. <laughs> but if you're going to do it, you should do it right. That's fair. I think we should just do an alley-oop where I say written by and you say directed by. Oh. And then maybe that could be kind of cute. I don't know. Sure. We'll, we'll workshop it with the Chalk Squad and see what they think. It's uh, it's also, it's track two on album 21. Wish you were here. Mm. Banger of an album. I mean, yeah, we're going to have covered, I think, eight episodes Most. straight of it, and yeah. we've already covered episode 12. Yep. So it should be all but three uh, by the end of this. Fantastic. But, but yeah, and then we've got we've got cast in this episode, because there's a bunch of people who we don't normally have on the show. Mm-hmm. Um Nothing too exciting, but uh, we've got uh, Heather Mail as Carrie, which is the daughter of mm-hmm. this family that we are visiting. Um, she's been in one other Odyssey episode and has literally no other credits ah, beyond that. So, so a child. <laughs> yes. <laughs> cool. Seemingly a child. Uh, we've got Donna Christie as Sandra, who is the mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a voice actor all throughout the 80s, though not on anything that I knew. Um, she was also, though, recently in one episode of the Snowpiercer TV show, which I huh. haven't seen, but my I love that has. movie. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, the Snowpiercer movie is fantastic. And according to my dad, he liked the TV show as well. So. Yeah, I, I've heard good things. I mean, it's got David Diggs in it. So how bad can it be? Mm, I don't know, man. I've seen a lot of bad television with good actors recently. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Amsterdam. <laughs> That's a movie. Uh, and isn't there a TV show called Amsterdam as well? Oh, maybe. I, was... I don't know. It's the lines are all blurred. It's all streaming on HBO Max for your pleasure. <laughs> Not a sponsor, but <laughs> should be if you were interested. Bro, I would be a such a whore for HBO Max. Oh, absolutely. They, yeah. Look, I mean, I already am in my own life. Mm-hmm. Which is saying something, because Dylan is very anti... Well, I won't say anti, but there are a few streaming services that you're willing to commit to. Sure, sure. Like, and I HBO Max yeah, is yeah. the one. A, uh, HBO Max and Mubi. And Mubi. And Mubi, I can't... Which, I can't is, which is a classic podcast sponsor, but those those are the two streaming ser- services I subscribe to. Unfortunately, number three is the AIO Club. We're trying to fix this problem, folks. <laughs> one day at a time. We're just stealing oh. stuff from Focus left and right. <sighs> what a bad Inspect decision. Element? Um, the, the other person we have, uh, on this, uh, episode who is new-ish, uh, we've got Christopher Castile, 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 um, no one knows for sure. Yeah, exactly. And he's playing Graham, who's the son. Um, he was Mark Forrester on the show Step by Step in the 90s. He was a character named Eugene on Hey Arnold. Oh, okay. He was Ted in the Beethoven movies. Really? And uh, we've talked about him before because he is Nick Mulligan. Interesting. And that the, the, that, the, the actor is Chris Castile? Yep, correct. Chris Bastille. 
wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> we also uh, lastly have Charles Robinson, who plays Kyle, who is the father of this family. Um, he has, was in a ton of like one-off episodes of TV shows through the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Quite a career on this man. He is uh, the only credit that I recognized is that he is he plays Matthew Broderick's lawyer in The Cable Guy. Interesting. Like the character that Matthew Broderick is playing. He is his lawyer. <laughs> so. Okay. Hey, you know what? You didn't come here for exciting trivia, did you? Uh, I mean, I always do. <clears throat> Maybe no. that was a mistake, though. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I don't have much this week. So uh, the other thing of note trivia-wise in this mm-hmm. episode, we speculated about this last week, or two weeks ago as the episodes are airing, um, mm-hmm. but this is the first episode that has a non-Wit or Chris intro. I thought that I noticed that because obviously, well, I did the intro for this episode. And uh, yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> In reverse. We we had talked about it previously and I noticed coming up to this that we hadn't had any non-Wit intros. So yeah, yeah. today's yeah. And it's Bernard for the yep. first one. Hot diggity it's dog. the first time in, in the show that this, that this happens. And it... Doesn't actually happen as often as I thought it did going forward, because at a certain point they kind of like don't like it just becomes like kind of Chris intros, mm-hmm. and then we also have like right, and then eventually it, it goes back to wit for some newer stuff. But mm-hmm. um, but up till this point, aside from like when Chris was doing like a long skit at the beginning, yeah, or we were getting a previously on or whatever, the only character who was introducing the show was John Avery Whitaker. Um, and he did introduce last week's episode, mm-hmm. um, or the, the 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 previous episode, the previous episode. But this one, uh, he does not. Hmm. Rest in peace. Uh, is there a promo for this episode? Indeed, Andrew, there is. Next time on Adventures in Odyssey, Bernard and Eugene's westward journey comes to an abrupt halt in the middle of Iowa. A minor car accident leaves them in need of repairs, which are provided by the Barnett family garage. But it seems Mr. Barnett and his son Graham may be the ones needing help before their family falls apart. All on the next Adventure in Odyssey. I kind of can't believe that he says before their family falls apart. Yeah, very like, dramatic. That's... Although, I mean, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll talk about the family dynamic displayed in this here episode because yeah. it yeah, is this, this is an interesting episode. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited to to talk about it with you, Andrew. I uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm actually very I'm more excited to talk about it with you, Dylan. Want <laughs> <sighs> to fight? <laughs> yes. Clearly, that's what we do here. Um, so this episode begins with Bernard and Eugene uh, going down a long stretch of road with nothing. Um, and Just corn. Just corn. And uh, Eugene is reading road signs to stimulate his brain because uh-huh. his laptop died. Yep. Uh, Bernard, very upset about it. Classic, like, ah, oh, you kids don't know how to do anything without your darn computers and so he suggests 20 questions yep and bernard says i'm thinking of a thing and eugene says is, is it, it corn, corn? <laughs> bernard's like i don't like this game anymore <laughs> so he goes back to reading roadsides andrew what is your passing the time strategy in a car ride oh uh i always so 
I'm typically, it depends on the situation. Am I riding passenger or am I just in the back seat? Give me both. Okay. If I'm in the back seat, I'm not responsible for keeping the driver awake. Yep. I'm probably just going to either listen to a podcast, take a nap, or uh, um, if I don't have access to any screens, typically uh, just make conversation or meditate or read or something. I can read in cars, which is good. That's uh, uh, yeah, a I'm rare jealous. skill. <laughs> um, I can barely listen to podcasts in cars. Wow. Oh, yeah. Big car sick boy over here. I mean, I'm a big car sick boy as well. You just said you can read in cars. You can't say I, can, I read in cars and then say I'm a big... Not for a long big, period of time. You, you cannot have it both ways, Andrew. You can't say big car okay, sick okay. boy I do struggle and with, say I, have I read with car in cars. <laughs> I didn't mean I to I understand that people can contain multitudes. However, you can't contain those two. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> it's true, though. I... I do have some ability to read in cars for a short period of time. Like I've been able to do homework and, and stuff like that. Um, but it is difficult and it makes my head hurt really quickly. Yeah. Um, I, well, sorry. I'll let you finish. No, no, continue. I was going to say, I did, however, once edit this podcast while, in a car. Yeah, yes, I remember you telling me about while that. While driving to Maine. You weren't driving. Correct. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. I was in the backseat. Hot I was imagining like a police officer driving and like lurking up license plates with their editing uh -huh. podcast. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I wish I wish I could tell you which episode, but I have no recollection of that. Um Yeah, that no. we could figure it out based on time, but but yeah, I did I did edit a podcast in a car one time, which was a good a good deal. Um but I yeah, I generally I generally uh, just talk. Yeah, do you remember do do you have memory of traveling in a car in a time before personal electronics? Um so yes and no. I like when you mean a personal electronics, are you going to include a Game Boy? Yeah. Okay. Uh then what about um like a Walkman? Would that be personal electronics? Yeah. Okay. Then no. The answer is no. Okay. Yeah, cuz that's what I was general cuz I so my my family famously late adopters technology wise up until I was 10 mm -hmm. I did there was no like everyone was just in the car together and that mm -hmm. was it. Yeah. And so yeah, I mean that like we we would borrow uh, audiobooks on CD mm -hmm. from the public library yeah. and do that. Yeah. Um, that was a decent like strategy. Did a lot of like Andrew Clements during that time. Mm -hmm. Always good. Um, we also I played Legos in the car all the time. I oh would no! Always bring like a little little box of minifigures and play in the car. That's lovely. That would not have flown for us. Really? Yeah. Because of messes or yeah, what? Yeah, you yeah, You just yeah. don't want losing Lego pieces? Yes, and. Okay, that's fair. Um, But the the other... So, yeah, I have recollections of just, like, sitting in the back as, mm -hmm. like, my parents have a conversation or, like, yeah. listening to music. Yeah. Um, my, my dad got, like, an iPod with an FM... Like, an iPod Classic and mm -hmm. an FM override that plugged into it so that we could, like, listen to his iPad iPod in the car. Yeah. Which was, like, revolutionary. Oh, no, I remember like, that. With the first iPods and the cassette tape uh, aux. Uh, his was, wasn't a cassette tape. His, uh, was, his was radio override. Well, the um, cassette tape was better. Tape. Yeah, it was, but yeah. he didn't have a cassette tape player yeah. in his truck. But, yeah. um, 
but yeah, I remember that. The but my my favorite of the and so we would do games like you know like an I Spy mm-hmm. or doing the like the letter game where you're trying to find each of the letters like of the alphabet, the alphabet in yeah. order, like that sort of stuff. But the all timer for me is we used to so my dad at one point his he got his new truck and one of the features of the new truck was that it showed the temperature outside Mm -hmm. and so we would always be most of these car rides that i think about in this way we were driving up to my cabin Mm because that's where we would go so it was about three hours four hour drive um north in the state up in the mountains Mm -hmm. and so we would all like at the beginning of the trip get like dial in and mm-hmm. claim what we thought the temperature was going to be when we arrived uh, and then watch as the number like ticked down, down <laughs> as we got like as it got later in the night That's and funny. further north and it's so, got like sports book bedding going on in the back <laughs> correct and so like it was a very suspenseful thing yeah. of like you gotta yeah yeah it was definitely uh definitely audiobooks um we so a lot of the road trips that we had, they were like 10 hour or 11 hour drives to Maine with stops. And oftentimes it'd be 12 with stops and traffic for six people um, to get to Maine. And yeah, we had a VHS player in the van. So that was nice and helpful. Yeah. But yeah, um, that's right. That's a luxury I never experienced. Like it, it was nice, but it was obviously a big problem because. My dad wanted to listen to music, so he would stay awake, and the kids just wanted to watch movies. So, you know, yep. there was always that bit of a struggle there. And then, uh, but oftentimes what we would do is we would put on Disney music or musicals, and we'd all just sing along. Like, that was... That's cute. It was a very common thing for us to just that. be dancing in the car on, like, the interstate in Connecticut <laughs> or something yeah. to, like, Mulan or Wicked or... Um, like Toy Story or the Muppet movie once that came out in 2008 I want to say or 2007 um, we listened to that a lot like yeah it was a, that was a big because they were all like my dad's musical theater Grace Colleen both musical theater Brendan musical theater I'm, I'm the only one that didn't so <laughs> instead you made this podcast instead no no yeah instead I just I, I am the goofball that makes the talented people feel comfortable doing what they're good at that's that's my role in life. I just I have I have the uh, the lack of shame to get people to enjoy themselves. I love that for you. Thanks. Uh, everybody listening to this podcast is like, you do not. <laughs> that is none of the reasons why I listen to you. Or they're all like, ah, this is the Dylan Andrew dynamic. <laughs> oh. oh man. So yeah. Uh, there where are we yeah. eugene's eugene's get, like hoping it, well eugene's like hoping for a for a town to stop in he's like maybe that's a booming metropolis but yeah. i was like no we're in the middle of iowa <laughs> I, iowa iowa we're in the middle of iowa and eugene's like well maybe they have like a place there where i can like fix my computer mm-hmm. um which i think it's interesting that his computer is broken and not yeah, just, just that the battery died yeah i don't know how that happened <laughs> But uh, but Bernard has a excellent joke of saying, well, unless you think you can make microchips out of cow chips. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're going to be out of luck. I I like to think was, was, was an ad lib. 
<laughs> I we can hope, but I don't I don't think so. I feel like that was written up. That that feels very uh Marshall Young. <sighs> yeah, it's it's a good joke. I don't know. I like it. I think it's solid, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, not, nothing, nothing like a good poop joke, you know. <laughs> well, and uh, the but a subtle one. Yeah, well, and it's cow chips, you know. It, it, it's vernacular you don't always use. Like, yeah, you you would hear manure a lot more frequently than you'd hear cow chips. I feel sure, like. sure. Uh, at, yeah. at least in our part of the sure, country. Sure, I, I think right. I think most people like I don't think the vast Is majority of people know what cow chips are. Cow chips are dried. Manure okay. is like wet. Yeah, that makes sense. Huh. So, is there any benefit to cow chips compared to manure? I don't know. Okay. I'm not, I'm not that into the farm culture, Andrew. That's I just fair. <laughs> hey, you've got a lot more genetic ties to it than I do. Yeah, because that's how, that's how farming works. It's yes. all genetic. It's all genes. As we'll learn in this episode, although he's a mechanic, not a farmer, but you, you get the vibe. Same diff. Um, so, there's they're coming up on a historical marker, which... Mm-hmm. So... Correct me if I'm wrong. They is there a sign saying that there's a historical marker ahead? Yeah, is that I think normal? So. Um, yeah, typically I think so. For most, okay. I mean, at least in my experience, there's they they have like the brown signs on the side of the road that say like black X attraction up on the right or yep. um you know exit what whatever for. Uh, the state park or this historical, yeah. like, like think about like the Landis Valley Farm Museum. Sure, sure. I'm just like, f- just for like the gen- generic historical marker though, which I also, I would love to be the guy who stops at the historical markers. Like, I just feel like as a parent, that's, that's my trajectory. Yeah, no, I think that that's great. Well, it's all about the journey. So, you know, I feel like you might as well take the time to learn as much as you can on the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. Who needs Wikipedia? I've got historical markers on the side of roads. Yeah, well, and there's you you get to remember it, you know, you're you're there in person, you get to form those memories and maybe smell new things like Lord mm. knows. Wow. I don't know. Imagine smelling new things. Dylan can't. <laughs> I'm very stuffed at the moment and my sense of smell is bad as is. Um so so all of a sudden mid-sentence eugene points out that there is a deer yeah he goes like oh deer and then bernard's like what and then deer Deer. yep and crash uh right bernard spins out trying to miss it and runs right into the historical marker Mm. which is uh yeah for for don wood and that becomes a big deal Mm -hmm. that he has hit this marker which i love Mm -hmm. um but there's a guy driving by who happens to have a repair shop and offers to tow him, which just like two times in a row, they've really lucked out. Also, is every episode just going to be Bernard damages his truck more? <laughs> um, I don't think next episode is, but I think they might be back at it after that one. I'm just like I'm mildly annoyed at, at the fact as, that this keeps happening. As you should be. I, it does feel kind of lazy in the sense that they could have them run out of gas. <laughs> you know, it could be anything else. I yeah, would, I, I mean, well, and this episode's all about Eugene and Bernard bickering, isn't it? Or I mean, partially, not really about them bickering, but yeah. Uh, but yeah. So they, uh, the the mechanic takes him home. Mm-hmm. His name is Kyle. This is established way too late into the episode. Yes, 
Like, we don't hear what his name is until, like, minute 15 of 20. Wow. It's, I did not... I don't know that track. it's literally that, but yeah. it was very annoying because I was just referring to him as the mechanic until mm-hmm. a certain point where I was like, ah, okay, I can finally call him Kyle. <laughs> Thank you. I prefer Mr. Barnett. Uh, it just feels polite and, uh, you know, responsible. Yeah, hey. I don't think I have their last name written down at all. Yeah. Well. Uh, so... The, the yeah so they get they get to this this mm-hmm. place we meet graham who is mm-hmm. the son um he is amazed at the size of odyssey he has only ever known this tiny town in the middle of nowhere um it's going to take five or six days for them to get the parts to get them installed to get bernard's truck fixed um so in the meantime they're just going to stay there um yeah we find out here that there is a fair coming up on the weekend that is the Donald Wood Memorial Fair, um, which was the guy whose road sign they hit. And the um, the wife is very distraught that they hit <laughs> the road sign. And Kyle reassures her that uh, they, they will be able to, to get another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't that damaged. Yeah. Uh, Gotta protect the founder or creator of graphite shears. Graphite handled pruning shears. Yeah, graphite handled pruning shears. Right. Which is something, maybe. Maybe. Um, I I feel like that's nothing. I I, I did not find anything in my Googling. Oh, you Googled it? Of course I did. Because I was like, well, I gotta know. Is this a thing? Do we know? No. No. It's just... So this is a weird thing, okay? Mm -hmm. This is an episode of... The Odyssey writers, in this case Marshall Younger, but, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't quite know how these things come into development. Making fun of small towns? Yeah. Like, like Odyssey is the only good-sized town. They both make fun of, like, big cities Mm -hmm. for being, you know, dens of evil, and now small towns for being, like, podunk middle of nowhere. (laughs) And I'm like, what what is it? What's your demographic? Like, you only are targeting me? Suburbia. It's just suburbia. Yeah. You can have cities and and uh, rural areas, which it is confirmed they do have a farm as well as uh, just a mechanic. Correct. Uh, Correct. Because they're raising a pig. Yerp. And uh, yeah, the, everything else... Everything else is not a suburb is uh, is where the Satan lives. If it's you just, don't have a white picket fence to keep him out, I mean, how the hell are you supposed to do it? It's just it's weird. It's weird for them to be like taking digs at small town America when yeah. that feels like that's the kind of crux of their show. Well, I don't think that they could do something like this now. Like, I think that it would have to be very Ooh, different. I feel like because of their demographic now and the audience that they pitch to. I feel like they would have to paint them in a much more positive light. Um, you know, I think that you can still hit on the fact that it's a, it's, you know, it's a town in the middle of nowhere in Iowa, sure. But I think that um, the way that the dad is portrayed and how small everything is and, and how um, unaware and, like, uh, yeah, like almost willfully ignorant they are of everything – I feel like they would get so much more pushback now where it's like, yeah. well, not all farmers. <laughs> yeah, fair. And this is, so So Eugene and Bernard are told that they can stay at um, at the at their house mm-hmm. um, here. And so we get a lot of interactions of Graham talking to them about Odyssey, marveling over the fact that they've got all these computer stores. You ever seen a bank they- robbery? <laughs> right. And they're talking about going to... Yeah. So Kyle is um, 
or uh, I'm sorry, Graham is is wildly fascinated with the big city and just wants to know everything. And um, his dad does the classic thing of like, oh, don't bother them, don't pester them, you know, let them right be on their own and eugene and he expresses interest in like wanting to move away but his dad's like no you gotta you gotta stay here and take the mechanic shop you know it's been in the family for a hundred years yeah he like laughs and was like oh i don't know where this is coming from it's not even right it's 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 the dismissiveness even more than it's like the no you're not allowed no no it's like why would you even want to like where where is this guy who's this guy (laughs) like yeah it's it it's more patronizing than it is even, like, authoritarian, like, denial. Yeah, yeah I'm surprised by how um, poorly they allow this guy to come off in the this dad? episode. Yeah. That's what, that's what I'm saying, where I'm, like, I feel like they, he's, like, the dad at the end is basically gets pat on the back for doing the bare minimum of just listening to his child like actually listening to what he's saying right so like the big the big tension in this episode is between graham and his dad kyle Mm -hmm. and to the extent where it's like the there is a mom and a sister Mm -hmm. who are never there like not there not part of this conversation at all but the whole idea is like Graham has, or like his dad has these expectations and he doesn't want to fulfill them, which is interesting Mm -hmm. because another road trip episode that we've talked about on the show is pink is not my color. Yes. Famous, which is a great version of this kind of episode. (laughs) Peak odyssey. Some might say. And like, yeah, I mean, go, go back and listen to our coverage of that, but he's like dealing with a similar thing, Mm -hmm. but Everybody is being painted with more dimension yeah. and in a more loving way. Mm-hmm. And this episode is dealing with similar themes, but just in like a very like broad brush, broad brush, ham fisted and kind of I'm just surprised that that they didn't give the dad more of an out that it just kind of concludes with no, you were fully wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, they they end up rewarding him for doing the bare minimum, but they also condemn every action up till then? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not a give and take. No, no, no. It's it's interesting that, yeah, the dad is doing most of the learning here. Right, right. Um, But not... Not much learning. No, no. (laughs) And so... And yeah. he's not really interfacing with it in a complex way or anything. Because I would say that, from what I remember, Pink is Not My Color, the thing that we liked so much about it was, and I think that was written by Kathy Buchanan. Or, it's a Nathan Hoopler. Oh, it's a Nathan Hoopler. Um, there was so much complexity within the characters that was able to be shined through in the layers of the story as it was developed, whereas this feels very one note, where it's yes. like... It's it's a flat issue that we walked into with Bernard and Eugene, you know, as our surrogate, and then um, we leave from with really very little resolve, where it's just like, yeah, oh, yeah. dad has a computer in his garage because he finally figured out that the internet might be helpful for business. And where wit 
would be allowed to be a little bit more heavy-handed yeah. with the father. Yeah. I feel like Bernard really has to pull punches here. He does. Uh, like, I, and If they had written the father to be more sympathetic, mm-hmm. it wouldn't bother me as much. But because he is just such an utter, like... <laughs> Pun intended. Because cows? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> that's such a stretch for this episode about a farm <laughs> a farm with pigs andrew i know i know maybe pig. just one pig maybe just and a mechanic one. shop but because we need that for the plot but like yeah it's just uh the yeah so so the deal the deal the, this town is so small that it just got a traffic light this year and mm-hmm. graham is talking to eugene about how like yeah he just doesn't like his life here his dad's overbearing about him taking over the company and about this farm and he doesn't value his interest in computers and he's just like eugene take me with you to san diego mm-hmm. and eugene's like no i can't kidnap a child which right excellent <laughs> excellent take firmly supported yep. by this podcast <laughs> yep yeah we agree um and yeah and then we cut to bernard and kyle talking Mm -hmm. bernard's talking about how you know how long this family this farm's been at his family for a hundred years and you know graham's gonna take it over for him but these days he doesn't seem to be that interested in it and graham makes a comment about like well maybe you'd have another son and he could take Mm -hmm. over it once again this daughter not relevant yeah garbage (laughs) couldn't she's physically incapable of doing anything actually yeah. um yeah and this is it's a good thing she doesn't have feelings or emotions because otherwise it'd be really inconvenient i imagine this is a scenario that is relatable to a lot of people it's just not to me like i didn't have that pressure from mm-hmm. my parents on like what to do with my life which is interesting because you your dad does own a business correct but that was never like there was never an expectation that I picked up on mm-hmm. that that was going to be mine to carry on. I think people around us would often make comments about it. Okay, that's fair. Where it's, you know, like my dad would run into a friend and, you know, I'd be standing there and he'd be like, ah, so the friend would be like, ah, so when are you going to take over the company or yeah. whatever? Like stuff like that, mm-hmm. but not like, yeah, never where I felt that pressure like this had to be my impending ownership like he's gonna die and it's mine now yeah um that okay that's interesting i i was that was something i wanted to ask you about right because you are out of the two of us you're the one with the dad that owns his own business right right and my dad owns it with his brother and his brother had two daughters so i'm the oldest son in the business yeah and yeah it was just never a thing yeah well, and I think that that works out to your dad's advantage because now, you know, you have two younger brothers that both work for him, correct? Uh, just, just one of them works one for him. him. But, but yeah, I, I think when you don't put the pressure, then they're then they're able to more naturally fall into yeah. to place. And I don't know that either of my brothers will end up owning the company. Yeah. But yeah, I um. So my great great uncle. Um, so my grandma's dad, I guess it'd be my great, great grandfather, um, opened a mechanic shop outside of Detroit, I think in Rochester, Michigan in like 
1908 or something like that. Like, it's been open for an absurdly long amount of time, and it's gone through three generations, and they finally ended up having to sell it to another family because of similar problems where people were like, hey, we got to pass this on to somebody, but the people we have to do so don't really want it, so let's give it to good hands to people that appreciate it more. And I, you know, I never really appreciated it as a kid because I didn't understand how much stress went into that. But I think that they handled it really well, all things considered, because at least now I know like the shops in good hands and the people that are working there were like close family friends of my family. And, you know, there was, there was trust there that they, that they have similar values and they, they understand what it means to the community to keep it the way that it is. Mm. Yeah. So like, I, I, I feel like this whole you have to take over for your son thing is just so oof, medieval, for lack of a better sure, word. Sure. Like, it's just like, we, we've got other ways to do this. Yeah. And if you're worried about your son making enough money, I guarantee you there's more money in computers than there is in farming. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is also a value to recognizing the time. Mm -hmm. that this episode came out in and whatnot and that like well it's actually probably around the same time that my family was selling though i'm just saying like the 94 of it all being like computers Mm -hmm. what are these yeah i'm like i get that like well especially in small town america right 94 in iowa (laughs) right at a time at a time where like the internet as we know it today did not exist yeah like that's just it's yeah that would have been still dial up yeah so so dial up yeah so you had you had internet can you had connections between computers but it was like usenet groups and stuff and whatnot like internet is like 95 96 so Mm -hmm. we're like right on the cusp of like the internet proper and you know all that that involves but so this was more like him actually just syncing with the databases of the direct companies as opposed to like doing a google search for correct correct this is yeah prior prior to google but, but by yeah. just a mere 12 years. <laughs> Wasn't Google 2006? No, Google. No, no, no. YouTube's 2006. Ah, Google. Or Google buys YouTube in 2006. YouTube might be 2004. But regardless. Okay. Anyways, you, Google's been around for a while, but this is not. Not at this point. Um. Anyways, so then uh, they're, so they're having this conversation, Bernard and Kyle and a uh, policeman pulls in mm-hmm. and who Kyle knows by name. Cause it's a small town mm-hmm. and uh, he <laughs> it's Graham's in the back seat and he reveals that Graham took the station wagon for a joy ride with a pig in the back seat. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love, I love the small town cop trope, which is just like, we just drop kids back off with their parents. parents yeah. Like, there's no legality that matters here. We were just like, look, don't do that. Your parents will be more disciplinary towards you than I would be as a police officer. Some would argue that that's how it should be handled. Uh-huh. <laughs> Some might argue that uh, community intervention is is better if not done by the police. But oh yeah, no, no, no. I yep. Yeah, I no. It, I I feel yeah. It is it is very you know. It's the small town of it all. I mean, and Odyssey gets away with it a little bit, but this especially feels like a oh yeah. Well, I'll see you in church on Sunday. Like, <laughs> yep. You sit. One pew behind me. Yep. And you're going to give my son some dirty looks for <laughs> driving yeah. around with his pig. Yeah. 
And man, I don't know if there's a better Odyssey quote than you were going down Route 24 with a pig in the backseat. Yeah. <laughs> like, man, if I if I had any musical talent, like that's a country song waiting to happen right there. No, the best Odyssey quote is still Bleebs, my man. <laughs> I was thinking about that uh, earlier right. this week. <laughs> I was just right. sitting at my computer typing a paper and I was like, Bleebs, my man. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. such peak comedy. I don't know. It's it has good. no right it's to be good. in there. Um, but yeah, so, so Graham reveals that he was trying to sell the pig to get money to go to California. Yeah, he um, initially lies saying that he's going to sell the pig because his dad wants him to get the pig super nice so he can sell it at the state fair for a bunch of money. And one of the things that's established between Bernard and um, uh, b- 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 dad, uh, Kyle, Kyle um, is that Kyle used to care a ton about the state fair and go all the time yeah. he you know it was very important it's a big deal for the town it's big business he says it over and over again um and so he wants kyle who has apparently the best pig to you know really sell out for trying to win the ribbon so he can sell his prize winning pig for a lot of money um, yeah and so this is why graham then says like oh i was just gonna sell the pig to get some money and dad's like no you're lying what were you actually gonna do and he's like i was gonna sell the pig to get some money to leave and uh and then dad gets super upset and grounds him yeah Um, and then bernard hits him with like the gut punch where he's like your your son son ran away just risked his life trying to leave home i wonder why yeah when you want to talk about bernard pulling punches in this episode like that is such a therapy tactic where it's like you have to call attention to this blatantly obvious problem here but you can't yeah. just say that like you need to check yourself because your kid just ran away yeah. you're like huh that six-year-old just tried to flee his parents he's 13 13 that 13 year old tried to flee his parents i wonder why like yeah. you you really yeah yeah you're you're, yeah. you're not allowed to say it in as many words but bernard does a really good job of sticking that landing and i've listened to this episode twice and his uh dictation is just fantastic where he's like i i wonder why he did that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and right and kyle kind of talks about it and is like look he's got no choice he has to take over the shop the you know working the mechanic shop is how i bonded with my father and it's how like it's the only essentially it's the only way i know how to relate to my son mm-hmm. yep because um, it's the only way his dad related to him right right and uh then bernard's like well have you tried computers and he's like no never i, I think that this is with a couple more passes on the script a great episode fantastic yeah i think that like it's rough and clunky and the characters don't have depth yeah but the stuff that's being talked about is real and good and good and has value and is like a cool discussion to enter into with mm-hmm. children and parents who listen to this show yeah well, i just I, think I that would it's... love to see the daughter bond with the dad over farming and maybe mm. the mom gets super into computers because sure. she works and like we get a little yeah. cross like cross-pollination there right <laughs> bad wording but but just like right the idea that like one like the dad needs to find other ways to connect with his son two there's another child yeah who he could be building a connection with who he just seems utterly unaware of well and it gives you the 
it provides the nuance for the characters to learn and be like, oh, yeah, I didn't even consider the fact that my daughter might care about this at all. Or uh, I never stopped to ask, you know, uh, my son why he stopped wanting to work with me in the garage anymore. Yeah, and it's also this thing of just like, it's like there is a mother and wife who sees her, like, her child and her husband, like, at each other's throat and this rift that's forming and she's just utterly absent yeah i mean that's where the way that they should be according to focus i mean she's subject to the husband so like it's just it's so that that was just such a frustration for me for no, yeah. like i wish i wish you would like i wish bernard you didn't need bernard to come in and have all these interactions and then leave. I wish in some way this could be a family conversation. Exactly. Well, and I would love for the fact that Eugene and Bernard get there, that it makes it a family thing where maybe historically, you know, at the beginning of the episode, it's just dad and son. And then we get to use this, you know, we have a third party in in Eugene and uh, Bernard to kind of introduce the the females' perspectives within all of this and and how they're feeling, and so that there's a bit of a better chance to communicate and have it be more s- surrounded with like a healthy understanding of what one another wants, rather than just like achieving some outcome of domestic tranquility. Yeah, where it's like, yeah, we're just yelling at each other less now, and I guess I use his computer in my garage, but right. like as opposed to in the way that I feel like like a better television show would be like, oh, let's make the dad fallible. He learns to look at his daughter more complexly and listen to his wife and also spend time thinking about his kids and also thinking about how uh, the fact that the way that he was raised impacts how he's raising his kids. Yeah. Like, that would be such a great version of this episode that we just don't really get. Yeah. Yeah, the scaffolding is there, but it's just not fleshed out in a way that I found particularly compelling. And there's this conversation where, like, Eugene kind of bombards Graham Mm -hmm. with all of the, like... The reality of running away. Right. And and Graham just kind of calls him out on it, too, and is like, you're just trying to make it sound really awful. He's like, but that's not, like... But they do get to this point where they kind of, like, burrow in on... It's not that he wants to run away. It's that his dad's, like... He's he frustrated like he with choice. his dad's appli- with his dad's expectations and doesn't feel like he has a way out. Yeah. Um. And so he and Eugene cook up a scheme and uh, make a computer program to help out in the mechanic shop in Eugene's kind of idea of, oh, can we bridge this gap in some way? And once again, the dad is really, like, mm. like not, standoffish. Standoffish is great. Like, like, I don't need this. My I've been doing it for years just fine. Like, I don't yep. need it. And then Eugene and Graham just stand there and, uh, and yeah. they're like... Bernard says... I think your son's doing his best to patch things up. What, what are, are you, you doing? doing? Get owned. <laughs> and that's kind of the extent of the resolution we get. Yeah. We get a final scene, which is them at the fair yeah. talking about the fact that there's like pruning shears three stories high. Yeah. And Bernard gets his wife like a necklace with flashing pruning shears and whatever. <laughs> but there's no more resolution to their story. It's just like the son 
went above and beyond to try and mend things. Yeah. And the dad, like, begrudgingly agreed to it. Mm-hmm. And now they'll live happily ever after? Yeah, with such wonderful communication between two members of a four-person household. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, no, I, there, there are parts of this episode that I like. You know, the podunk, middle of nowhere, you know, change of scenery is is kind of nice. Um, and I don't, I don't hate, you know, hearing new voices, getting to know new characters and stuff like that. But I do find this to be like, like you said, like this is a beat that Odyssey has hit before and they hit again after this. And I think that they just do it better at other times. Um, yeah. Not to say that this episode doesn't have its, its funny moments, but I, I yeah, think it that... just, it, it feels like a first draft in a lot of ways like i'm just like they're they're scratching the surface of a lot of interesting stuff and they're just not willing to commit to it and they don't really stick the landing and the characters all kind of feel one-dimensional and more or less unresolved by the end of it yeah and so it's just an episode that like leaves me yearning for more exactly which i i mean some might say is a good thing but i would yeah i would (laughs) i would argue it's not because we leave we we don't get to come back we don't ever get more right um, right these aren't going to be characters that recur and we get to see you know how they're doing yeah you know in another six months like this is it they go on living their life and we can just hope that it improves because of bernard and eugene's intervention Mm -hmm. oh yeah Yeah, so um (laughs) do you sometimes have trouble talking to your mom or dad what should you do about it dylan uh, I feel like I've got a pretty good relationship with them, but but thanks for asking, Andrew. <laughs> I, I I would say that I sometimes do, but most of the time I don't. And uh, I yeah, I would I have a really great relationship with my parents. Most of the time, if I have a hard time talking to them about something, it's typically something I'm embarrassed about, where like I felt like I either expect better from myself or that I could have done something better. Uh, but it, I get over that pretty quickly, and then just be like, oh, mom, help. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, it, I didn't really have any pressure from my parents as far as what to do, uh, career wise. That's not true. That's not true. My parents just wanted me to make money. They wanted me to be a dentist really bad. And so if I wasn't going to be a dentist, I needed to do something to make money. <laughs> okay. You worked to be an artist. Uh, yeah, no, no, certainly not. I mean, but you do paint well. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I don't think so, but yeah, um, you're not allowed to think so because you're the tortured artist. Yes, exactly. This objective third party that I am thinks that your painting is good. Thank you. I appreciate it. I should do it more. Uh, oh, crap! I lost my train of thought. That's all right. Uh, anything? Anything else you want to say this episode, or do you want to just get out of here? I think that I'm good. Yeah, I liked it. I'm excited to see where. Well, I, I know where it goes from here. I'm excited for the next episode. Uh, love Eugene. Love Bernard. Yeah. Love the road trip. Good people. We mm-hmm. like them. I'm, I'm worried about Bernard's car. I'm real worried. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't remember if it makes it to San Diego or not, but I have a strong feeling it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Andrew, anything you'd like to plug this week? Oh, boy, do I. Man, I pick a movie, pick a something or other. Um. Uh, so the movie that I watched recently really enjoyed, 
uh, it's called Being There. Came out in 1979. Stars Peter Sellers. Uh, yeah, that's his name. I believe. Yeah, that's his name. Uh, it's really very interesting. It's it's all about a guy who um, is raised uh, entirely inside of a house, just watching TV. Like that's all he knows. He never learned how to read or write. And um, his estranged uh, father figure slash employer um, dies, so he's forced to face the real world. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a really funny, dark, satirical comedy kind of about the way that... Wait, Peter Sellers in a dark, dark satirical, satirical comedy? <laughs> who, yeah, who would have thought? Uh, but he absolutely knocks it out of the park. The ending's fantastic. Um, I think watching it from a modern lens is so interesting because it just reads, like, straight autism or mm. something close to autism. Mm. And so, like, watching it from from a modern perspective i'm like yeah no this is actually kind of how it works for some people hmm. where they're saying one thing and other people are naturally assuming they're meaning something else because of a certain understanding um that they don't actually share so would definitely recommend watching it uh, it's 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 funny it's anti-capitalist it's anti uh like white patriarchy it's 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 great it's really funny i i enjoyed it and uh yeah, it's like two hours. What about you, Dylan? What are you plugging? Uh, I'm going to recommend the other movie Andrew watched recently. <laughs> uh, he Andrew recently watched... So many movies. <laughs> Andrew recently watched Before Sunrise, which is a perfect movie. Uh, Richard Linklater, mid-90s. Uh, Joey Delphi, Ethan Hawke <sighs> so meet on a train and have a little a little deliance, a little fling yeah. um, around... Uh, where are they? Do you uh, remember? Aus- Vienna. Vienna. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yes, of course it's Vienna. Yeah. Um, and it's an absolute delight if you just want to see two people talking for a while. Yeah. It's on the aforementioned HBO Max as mm-hmm. as this episode is being recorded. And um, but sponsored there will be a by... link in the description, <laughs> as always, uh, to where you can stream it. But uh, but yeah, uh, great movie. Big recommend from me, and I'm plugging it only because Andrew recently saw it. Yeah, no, and it was it was either that or uh, being there that I was going to plug for today's episode, so uh-huh. I'm glad I got to hit both. Yep. All right. <sighs> With all that being said, we're going to be back next week for episode 276, Third Degree. Bye, guys. Bye. Wadfam Chalk Pod is a presentation of the Lidditz Podcast Co-op. This show is a fan podcast and has no official affiliation with Adventures in Odyssey or Focus on the Family. As such, the copyright is ours under Creative Commons. Follow the podcast at WadFamChalkPod on Twitter and Instagram, or email us at WadFamChalkPod at gmail.com. Second Thoughts was hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Sabo, and edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick. Hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the Wad Fam Chalk Pod.